Alrighty, folks. Gather around and let me tell you about the Mananangal, a real charmer of a mythical creature from Filipino folklore. She's often described as a lady who likes to snack on sleeping pregnant women. But here's the twist. During the day, she's all dolled up and looking like a total babe. But come nightfall, she detaches her torso and spreads her massive bat-like wings to fly off into the darkness in search of her next victim. And she doesn't just stop at pregnant ladies. Nope. Sometimes she'll use her good looks to lead astray men and take them to her secret hiding spot where she'll feast on their heart, intestines, and other internal organs all night long. Yikes. If you're ever faced with a Mananangal and want to stop her from reattaching her body before sunrise, just sprinkle some salt, ash, or crushed garlic on the remaining half of her body. Easy peasy, right? So keep an eye out for this winged wonder and don't forget the garlic! Okay, so check this out. In German folklore, there's this crazy creature called an owl. Basically, it's like a vampire mixed with an incubus. And it wears this dope hat called a tarn cap that gives it all kinds of powers. This dude is all about preying on women at night by messing with their dreams. Oh, and it's into breast milk and sucking the blood of men and kids. The Alp can shapeshift into all kinds of stuff, like cats, pigs, dogs, snakes, and even butterflies. And it's got this evil eye that can totally mess you up with bad luck or sickness. But don't worry, you can protect yourself by hiding a broomstick under your pillow pointing your shoes towards the door, hanging iron horseshoes from the bedpost, or putting a mirror on your chest. And if all else fails, just leave the lights on all night and shove a lemon in its mouth if you catch it napping during the day. Meet the Pontia Nuck, a spooky ghost from Malay mythology. Legend has it that she was a woman who passed away while giving birth, and now she's out for revenge. She's not your average ghost either. She's got long black hair, sharp fingernails, and a blood-smeared white dress. But watch out, because she's also a master of disguise. She can transform into a beautiful woman to lure in her prey before ripping out their insides. If you're ever out at night and hear the cries of babies or feminine laughter, beware. That could be the Pontianuk coming to get you. And if the sounds are quiet, she might be right around the corner. So keep your wits about you. And don't fall for any too-good-to-be-true ladies. Welcome to the Hall of Monsters. I see you are wearing your protective gear. That's good, because during your visit here, your safety is not guaranteed. So, every step you take, beware. For the monsters you'll see ahead are the scariest ones from Japanese folktales. If they don't haunt you during your visit, they sure will haunt your dreams. And let me tell you, no anime you have watched could have prepared you for this. I already see doubt and fear in your eyes. So let's begin our tour before you lose that little flicker of courage left within you. There's no better monster to greet you than the Naparabo. You might not notice it, but it is happy to have new victims. Huh. I mean visitors. Naparabo looks like an ordinary human being in almost every way. That is why it can blend in seamlessly with human society but things will quickly get uncanny once you meet face to face with it. You see, it has no face at all. Its head is like a blank orb. But here's the thing, Noparabo is quite harmless. It only frightens people, that's it. In legends and stories, it usually does that by impersonating someone familiar to its potential victims. And once it has their attention, it causes its features to disappear, almost as if erasing a pencil drawing. 
What is left is a blank, smooth sheet of skin with no eyes, nose, or mouth. So, as you might have imagined, its true identity and what it really looks like is unknown. One of the stories in which Naparabo appears is about a lazy fisherman. Despite his wife's warnings, he goes fishing from a sacred imperial koi pond. On his way there, he meets another fisherman who also warns him not to go there. Still, he ignores him. Once he arrives at the pond, a beautiful young woman begs him not to fish there. But he doesn't listen to her either. That is when she wipes off her face. When the fisherman runs home to hide with fear, his wife confronts him and criticizes him for his wrongdoing. Plot twist, only to wipe her face as well. Did you know that according to Irish legend, every family has their very own banshee? This banshee lady is supposed to let out a piercing wail or shout when someone in the family is about to kick the bucket. Talk about a not-so-subtle warning, but don't let her eerie cry trick you. This banshee lady is said to be drop-dead gorgeous with long flowing locks and crimson eyes from all her crying. She's also known for wearing a gray shawl over her green threads. Fashionable and spooky? We're into it. Some people even say that this banshee can transform into a sweet singing young lady who foretells the doom of the family. Yikes. And if that's not enough to give you goosebumps, she's also been spotted hunched over in the woods, crying her eyes out at night. Sounds like a real party animal, doesn't she? So next time you hear a blood-curdling scream in the middle of the night, just remember, it might just be your friendly neighborhood banshee giving you a heads up. Now let me tell you about the Kalu Pillowit. These creatures are like the boogeyman of the Arctic. They live near the ice flows and are known for snatching up kids who get too close to the water. But don't worry, it's just a myth to keep children safe. Now, the appearance of these critters varies from story to story, but they all have some things in common. They've got slimy green skin, long hair, and long fingernails. Their hands are webbed like a fish, and they wear these fancy parkas made out of eider duck feathers. Oh, and watch out for their flippers. One of them can emit a sound that'll paralyze you. But don't fret, you can outsmart them. Some clever Inuit hunters figured out that if they asked the Kalupiluit to shapeshift into a seal or whale, they could easily finish it and bring home a tasty catch. Yum! Some stories say that these creatures use kidnapped children to keep their hair looking fabulous. Talk about dedication to hair care. Others say that the kids are just devoured or used to fuel the Kalupiluit's youth. But here's a wild tale for you. There was once a grandma who couldn't feed her grandson, so she called upon a Kalapiluit to take him away. The tribe eventually got back on their feet, and a young couple went to rescue the boy. They found him tethered to seaweed by the Kalapiluit, but every time they got close, she'd drag him back underwater. They ended up waiting until sunrise to cut him loose. Yeah, the Kalapiluit may be spooky, but they're just looking out for the kiddos. And who knows? Maybe they'll give you some hair care tips if you're lucky enough to meet one. Let's move on to Cup Fa. Don't fall for their rather funny and mascot-like appearance. Cup Fa is a dangerous monster you wouldn't want to cross paths with. These creatures, which are often depicted as humanoid turtles, live in and around water bodies such as lakes, ponds, or rivers. Cup Fa's are generally the size of a human child, yet they are physically stronger than a grown man. Their skin color can vary from different shades of green to bright red and even blue. In addition, they can either be slimy or covered in scales. As unique as each Kupfa can be, they all have a turtle shell on their back and a mouth resembling a beak. 
Their arms and legs are webbed between the toes and fingers. But the most characteristic part of their appearance is the bowl-like objects that lie on top of their skulls. This is considered to be the source of Kupfa's power and life force and must be kept filled with water at all times. If this water spills or the bowl is damaged in any way, a Kupfa can become incredibly weakened and will be unable to move. Kupfas are known to cause mischief. Although they can befriend humans, you should always approach one with caution because they might try to lure you into the water to feed on you. However, there's also a chance they might challenge you to a sumo wrestling match. Just know that they are really good at it before accepting this challenge. Yet again, if you do find yourself in a match, here's a pro tip. Find a way to trick the cupfa into bowing so low that the water in its dish spills out. And hey, if you refill that water later, you can bring the creature under your command. Take a look at this lady here. She seems to be sleeping peacefully, right? Well, look again. There's something strange going on with her neck. Rokurokubi might appear as an ordinary woman by day, but when it's nighttime and her body is asleep, her neck stretches to incredible lengths and roams around freely. Although Rokurokubi is no less creepy than the other creatures, there is something that makes her different. It is that, unlike others, she is actually not born as a monster. She used to be a human being just like us, but she was transformed by a curse resulting from some evil action or misdeed. But the story gets sadder. Because the mentioned misdeed doesn't necessarily have to be her own doing. In many cases, it is either Rokurokubi's husband or father who actually committed evil actions. But she's the one paying the price because the curse only affects women. If you think Rokurokubi cannot be that harmful or scary with that heartbreaking backstory, then you're right. Her head might attack small animals sometimes, or she might cause mischief by scaring nearby people. But that's mostly it. What she loves to do in her night travels, however, is to lick up lamp oil with her long tongue. Well, who are we to judge someone's favorite food? Let me present to you the scariest horse-like monster in all of Scotland. The Nuklavi, or Nukalavi. This bad boy has a skinless body, a head ten times bigger than a human's, and a breath so poisonous it can destroy animals and crops. So, it's got wicked powers that can cause chaos all over the islands. But fear not, because there's an old spirit known as the Sea Mither who can control this terrifying beast during the summer months. The Nukalavi has roots in Norse and Orcadian folklore, and was first documented by the mysterious Joe Ben using some fancy Latin manuscripts back in the 16th century. Ernest Marwick, an Orcadian writer and folklorist, thinks that this evil sea creature is similar to the Norwegian Nock, the Nuggle of the Shetland, and the shape-shifting Kelpie, or Water Kelpie. So, if you're ever out and about in Scotland and come across this scary guy, just remember, call on the Sea Mither and run for your life. This dude is South African Tokolosha. It may look like a gremlin, but trust me, it's way more mischievous. Apparently, witches and shamans can summon them with their magical powers, but there are ways to keep these troublemakers in check. One way is to give them some curdled milk. Apparently it's their favorite. And trim their hair so they can see. If that doesn't work, you can call in a witch doctor to use some good old-fashioned magic to exercise them away. Now, according to South African folklore, these tokaloshes are mostly invisible and can suck on a stone to stay that way. So, if you want to keep them away from your home, scatter some special blessed salts aka tokolosha salts, along your door frames and windowsills. Or if you're feeling extra cautious, 
Put some bricks under your bed's legs. Better safe than sorry, right? Have you heard of the Chimera? She's a total monster, literally. This fire-breathing female hybrid is made up of all sorts of animal parts. Think lion-like body, goat-like head, and a tail that ends in a snake's head. According to Greek mythology, the Chimera is the child of Typhon and Echidna, and her sisters are Cerberus and Lernaean Hydra. Sounds like a family reunion, huh? But don't worry, our hero Bellerophon was up for the challenge. The King of Lycia sent him on a mission to defeat the fearsome Chimera, and Bellerophon was the greatest hero monsters were scared of. The Chimera was no match for Bellerophon and his trusty Pegasus. Even though the king was secretly hoping the Chimera would take out Bellerophon instead, in the end, justice prevailed, and the Chimera was defeated. Well, that's it for today. Kakubi is Rakura Kubi's much scarier sister. She is like an advanced version of her, sort of like an upgraded Pokemon. While Rakura Kubi's head is always attached to her body, Nukakubi's head can come off from the neck and float around far and away from her body. The worst part is though, she can get bloodthirsty sometimes, and that's when her detached head will start preying on humans to quench that thirst. However, she is not invincible. It is believed that if her body moves by any chance while it is sleeping, and her head is still floating around as that happens, then her head cannot return back to the body. Hope that comforts you a bit. You see a roll of cotton. I see a life-threatening monster. According to Japanese folktales, especially the myth of Tsukumogami, inanimate objects receive a soul, therefore become alive and self-aware after serving their owners for a hundred years. Although they are usually harmless, they might tend to play small pranks on people. Yet again, they still have the capacity to get angry and vengeful, especially if there are people who threw them away or didn't treat them well. They might group up to take revenge. Itan Momen is one of those object monsters. These possessed long and narrow sheets of cloth, which were used to make clothes, can be seen flying through the night sky. They are often malicious and attack people by wrapping their bodies around a person's face and neck, strangling or smothering them. In some tales, it is said that wrapped cloths would spin around and around and quickly come flying to wrap themselves around people and take them away to the skies. Joker's laughter is going to sound like music to your ears once you hear this lady's... Waruhionne is a female-looking monster that lives in the mountains, but despite her non-threatening appearance, meeting one will actually put you in a really dangerous position. She will smile and start laughing at you, and once she does, you'll realize that her laughter is somewhat toxic and infectious. It will cause you to start laughing along too, but even if she leaves, you will continue laughing after her until you are out of breath and unable to stand. Even if you were strong enough to resist laughing along with her, you would still not be safe. The Bermuda Triangle is one of the most heavily traveled shipping routes in the world. Some skeptics believe that this fact solves the Bermuda Triangle mystery. Statistically, the busier the area, the higher the frequency of accidents and disappearances. While this makes sense, it's not the frequency of disappearances that's responsible for the mystery of the Bermuda Triangle. It's the lack of explanation or wreckage found. On his very first voyage to the New World in 1492, Christopher Columbus sailed through the Bermuda Triangle. Columbus reported that one night, when he was on the deck of the ship, he noticed a giant light appear in the distance, unlike anything he'd ever seen before. Columbus looked at his compass for direction, and it gave off erratic readings. You might have noticed that the Bermuda Triangle doesn't appear on any world map. 
This is because official institutions refuse to acknowledge that the area actually exists. No one exactly knows how many ships and planes have disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle. The rough estimate is 50 ships and 20 planes. Most of the time, the disappearances had no explanation and no wreckage has ever been left behind. When the TBF Avenger planes went missing, a massive search operation was conducted. Boats and planes searched the Bermuda Triangle for any signs of the aircraft. One of the boats searching was a PBM-5 Mariner airboat. The airboat took flight at 7.27 p.m. and called in a routine radio message three minutes later. Then, it was never heard from again. No trace was ever found of the rescue airboat or the five Avenger aircraft. A huge investigation was launched into the disappearance of all these vehicles, but nothing was ever discovered. The Bermuda Triangle is home to some pretty intense and unexpected weather. Storms build up quickly and unexpectedly, then disappear soon after. If you blink, you might miss it. This could explain why few distress signals are issued. Pilots and sailors never saw the weather coming. A popular theory suggests that rogue waves are responsible for the many disappearances. Rogue waves are called extreme storm waves by scientists. They occur when different weather patterns take place at the same time and cause large unexpected waves that reach up to 100 feet tall. Witnesses say that the waves look like giant walls of water. These waves could explain why ships go down fast and without leaving any trace. Just off the coast of Japan, you'll find the Bermuda Triangle of the Pacific Ocean. They call it the Devil's Triangle. Between 1950 and 1954, nine ships disappeared in this area without leaving a trace. The ship Kayo Maroon 5 was sent to investigate these unexplained disappearances when it also vanished. After this incident, the Japanese authorities labeled the area as a danger zone, and sailors were encouraged to avoid it. Some people blame all disasters on the extraterrestrial paranormal activity. Others suppose it's all about raging natural phenomena. Some scientists believe the cause of anomalies is the environmental changes. Also, there's a really high concentration of methane hydrates on the bottom of the ocean in the Pacific Bermuda area. This gas tends to set off, and when it happens, bubbles start forming on the surface of the water. These gas eruptions can interrupt the ability to float and can easily sink a ship. Because of this chemical reaction, there won't be even a trace left. Underwater volcanoes are said to be another possible explanation for the Japanese Dragon's Triangle. In fact, they can take down even small islands. Luckily, nobody lives there. It's a pretty common thing in this area that some of them disappear underwater and others appear out of the blue because of seismic activity. You'll never find the Dragon's Triangle on any official map of the world, so nobody's quite sure about how large it is in reality. In July 2015, two teenagers disappeared after setting sail off the coast of Florida. There's some mystery about what the two teens were really getting up to. They told their parents that they were just going to fish, but they told their friends that they were crossing to the Bahamas. Shortly after they left, a line of thunderstorms moved towards the area, and the boys were never heard from again. A massive search was conducted, but sadly, nothing was found. One year later, the pair's boat was found off the coast of Bermuda with a broken iPhone and some personal effects left inside. One of the most popular and bizarre theories trying to solve the Bermuda Triangle mystery comes from Charles Berlitz. 
He insists that the area is home to the lost city of Atlantis. The missing ships and planes and malfunctioning equipment, according to him, were all caused by rays of energy let out by the special energy crystals that power Atlantis. While this sounds silly, Berlitz's theory was convincing enough that over 20 million people bought his book worldwide. Previously, the compass wouldn't work well in the Bermuda Triangle since the lines of the two poles coincided here – true north and magnetic north. But if you fall into this line, your compass will behave strangely. But the magnetic north is constantly shifting, and now it's far beyond the triangle. No legend says pirates of the last centuries operate in the Bermuda Triangle, or that the Flying Dutchman makes other ships disappear. A popular theory is that ships travel to the distant past or future through a time portal in the Bermuda Triangle. Fortunately, these are all myths. Just imagine hundreds of giant tentacles reaching out to a group of ships sailing through the Bermuda Triangle. In the past centuries, they could easily sink an entire fleet, since the ships were made of wood and were lighter. Squids wrapped decks with their strong tentacles, made holes in the ship's hulls with their sharp beaks. Toothy suction cups could break the masts and tear the sails. The water was filling the holes and slowly rising to the deck. The ship sank in a matter of minutes. The Stonefish Stonefish aren't going to win any beauty contests. Unless the pageant is for best rock look-alike, their tiny unreflective eyes and rough skin blend in perfectly with their environment. A large head, an even bigger mouth, and a home full of… yeah, it's rocks. And just because you're on the beach doesn't mean you're safe. Stonefish can survive for 24 hours out of the water. Stepping on one, or even handling one, won't be that fun. Their dorsal fin spines have extremely strong venom. It shoots out when they get stepped on, and it can lead to paralysis or even heart failure. You'll need help fast. No wonder they're one of the most dangerous creatures in the water, or anywhere. Be careful when scrambling around rocky areas. They love to play hide-and-seek. The Deep Sea Dragonfish if there were a prize for the most hideous fish in the ocean, the deep-sea dragonfish would win. With slimy, scaleless skin, massive teeth, and a face only a mother could love, this bad boy of the sea is nothing to mess with. It likes to swim between 700 feet and 6,000 feet below the surface of the ocean, where the waters are the darkest and coldest. Along with some other creatures on this list, the deep-sea dragonfish relies on its bioluminescent body parts to catch prey. It also uses its hanging appendage, which boasts a little red light on the end, coming out from its lower jaw. Many fish mistake this little light for prey, luring them right into the jaws of the deep-sea dragonfish. Very clever dragonfish. Very clever indeed. The Fangtooth the Mariana Trench is an underwater trench with a depth of 35,000 feet, nearly 7 miles below the ocean's surface. Let that sink in. While scientists know the Mariana Trench exists, it's one of the least explored places on Earth. It's also the deepest area of Earth's oceans. And although many creatures down there probably haven't even been seen by humans yet, scientists have had the creepy pleasure of getting to know the Fangtooth. The fangtooth fish shamelessly lives up to its name. Just look at that thing! 
The fangtooth is carnivorous and feeds on just about anything it can find that gets caught in its sharp-toothed mouth. These fish rely on their contact chemoreception to find prey. In other words, they can sense chemical residue that comes off of other living organisms in the deep sea. This is because they don't have any light-producing cells on their bodies, unlike many other deep-sea fish. On top of all that, it's pretty dark down there, so whatever crosses their path, they chomp on. While these guys look pretty scary, they're not a threat to humans. They only grow about 7 inches long. Even so, I wouldn't want to run into one of these things during a relaxing swim in the ocean. The Dunkleosteus Strangely enough, this prehistoric fish, known as the T-Rex of the seas, had no teeth. Those were replaced with bony plates that allowed it to have the strongest bite among other monsters of its size. The Goblin Shark If you thought the movies about sharks were scary, this next deep-sea creature will make you swear off going for dips in the ocean forever. However, it lives 3,000 feet underwater so you'll never likely see it face to face. The goblin shark looks like a cross between a shark and a creature from your worst nightmare. These sharks boast a protruding sword-like snout with a jaw that juts out to match. Unlike other sharks that have more of a gray hue, this creepy thing looks not so pretty in pink. Aside from their scary demeanor, what do scientists really know about the goblin shark? Well, not much except that they can grow up to 18 feet in length. Looks like there's still a lot to learn about these guys, if you dare to. Hold on to your hat, my friend. These internet users came across some hauntingly spooky stuff IRL, but I'm guessing you'll want to stay away even from these pics. Picture this. You're boarded and ready for takeoff in a huge Boeing jet. It's your first time on an airplane. You were scared, but people kept telling you it was safe. You've convinced yourself it would be alright when the pilot comes on the speaker with some disturbing news. Good morning, folks. Our flight has been canceled for safety reasons. It appears that a cloud of bees is hovering close to one of our wings, and we'll have to remove them before takeoff. I have to say, this is a first. I have to say, I'd like to get off, please. Now let's say you always take the long way to work. It's one of your favorite bits of the day because you can enjoy a peaceful walk surrounded by beautiful scenery. You're passing across a muddy pond area like you normally do when something strange catches your attention. What on earth could that be, you ask yourself? Apparently, it's a colony of reddish worms just casually existing. I think my stomach just turned a little. Have you ever backpacked anywhere around the world? If you have, then you were probably worried about one thing and one thing only – bed bugs. Getting into a new hostel, the typical routine is to check your mattresses. The worst thing is to sleep in a bed filled with these little creatures and then have to wash all your clothing the next morning just so you won't pass this around to other establishments. If you ask me, this appears like a bed bug and sci-fi beetle had a fight in this person's bed and this is what was left. Well, jokes aside, it reminds me of the remains of some bug. Which bug? I have no idea. I'd tell this woman and all hostel owners to use some kind of mattress protector, just so that backpackers all over the world can stop sweating so much over these tiny creatures. 
Now, you've just won an all-inclusive trip to Hawaii. Ah, the white sandy beaches and the amazing sunsets. You're happy to leave your fancy hotel and take long walks on the beach. But wait, what's that? It appears like a lobster shed its tail and the remains came floating all the way to the sand. But according to experts, that's not a lobster. They wouldn't shed just their tail. That appears to be some kind of isopod. Isopods are crustaceans that look somewhere between shrimps and lobsters. That's why you thought it was a lobster, huh? They also look like giant roly-polies. Do you know what these are? Someone had a roly-poly infestation in their house, and uh uh-oh, it does not look like something you want to have to deal with. Imagine spending your days hunting these tiny creatures all over your furniture. No thanks. Now, when I was a kid, I loved playing pranks on people. But I would be the first one to be completely spooked when someone played a prank on me. I'm guessing the person who ran into this thing on their office wall wasn't too pleasant. But hey, maybe it's karma, right? What goes around comes straight back around. Imagine it's a sunny Sunday morning, and you went on a hike with your best friends. You hiked up a pretty steep mountain covered in knee-high vegetation. You know what that means, right? Bugs. The great thing about bugs is that they never cease to amaze you. There are endless varieties of extremely rare and never-before-seen bizarre bugs. The first one you met was this thing right here. It fell off your dog's back. It resembles a jackfruit seed made it with a spider, and this is what came out of that union. Hopefully, it's just a bizarre insect and not threatening in any way. Your sock also picked up a few buddies along the way. Look at the number of ticks your sock protected you from. The next time you go on a hike like this one, you should take some kind of bug repellent with you. But a strong and effective one. You know, like an ultrasonic repellent that disorients ticks, so they'll never find the way to your juicy socks. The Cookie Cutter Shark This shark is a living horror with lower teeth being big and sharp, while the upper ones are much smaller. When its teeth fall off, the shark eats them to maintain calcium levels. Pretty smart solution for a shark. The frilled shark. Studying the frilled shark is like looking through a portal back to prehistoric times. That's because scientists think that these eel-like sharks haven't changed much since their oldest ancestors roamed the deep sea waters. So they're sometimes referred to as living fossils. These sharks' mouths are filled with a terrifying 25 rows of backward-facing sharp teeth, 300 in total. They're designed to grasp prey and hold them tight so they can't get away, according to early studies of the shark conducted in 1884 and published in the Bulletin of the Essex Institute. Luckily for swimmers, the frilled sharks live between 390 feet and 4,200 feet below the ocean's surface, so they'll probably never run into them. Probably. This is probably the worst nightmare of any dentist. The Northern Stargazer Take a look at this cutie. The Northern Stargazer is definitely not something you'd wish to see on the ocean floor. This horrid creature hides its body under the sand leaving its face above to wait for prey. The Tasseled Wobegong Here's another carpet shark on our list. 
It lies low on the bottom of the sea and patiently waits for its prey to come by. The Australian Ghost Shark The Australian Ghost Shark isn't really even a shark, but a very bony fish. It's also a living fossil. It hasn't changed within the last 400 million years. Believe it or not, sharks and humans have a common ancestor that lived around 440 million years ago. Even though we both evolved in our own way, there are still some signs of that connection. For example, the genome of an elephant shark is very similar to humans. The Leo Pluridon this list of terrifying creatures would be incomplete without mentioning the terrifying and prehistoric Leopluridon. This carnivorous marine reptile existed during the Colovian stage of the Middle Jurassic era and ruled the waters at 9 feet in length. Scientists believe Leopluridon thrived in this deep-sea trench because of its ability to swim long distances and its four paddle-like limbs. While they probably weren't able to propel themselves toward prey like other animals of the area, they did manage to accelerate and attack very ruthlessly and efficiently. Additionally, they relied on their long snouts to smell prey, which leads scientists to believe they didn't rely on sight for hunting. This means they could have thrived in the Dark Mariana Trench. Around 150 million years ago, Leopluridon became extinct due to competition for prey against other thriving marine reptiles. And I think I speak for all of us when I say thank goodness for that. The Kraken is a colossal squid, a legendary sea monster, the biggest hunk of calamari you ever saw. And if this monster had existed, the world would have changed beyond recognition. The Kraken has powerful tentacles, solid muscles with suckers at the end. They're just impossible to escape. The Kraken can break a ship in half or just pull it down into the depths. But the worst thing about the Kraken is its size. According to old sailor stories, the Kraken reached 5,000 feet in length. That's almost 10 soccer fields. Hey, maybe the Kraken could play soccer. The Kraken legend said the monster was so giant that sailors mistook it for a small island. In past centuries, it would have been impossible to defeat such a beast. If the Kraken existed in reality, it might have had offspring. Yeah, in all the world's oceans, there would be giant monsters that could sink any ship. It's unlikely that the Kraken would have competitors in its habitat, so its population would grow strongly. Since the Kraken is enormous, it would need lots of food, so the population of other large sea animals would fall significantly. Blue whales, great white sharks, other giant squids, all the big sea creatures would be endangered. Many people are starving because of the reduction of large fish in the ocean. Urban economies that rely on fishing will be in decline. Prices for small fish around the world are getting more expensive because it's unsafe to fish. To defeat the kraken, you need powerful weapons, but the monster is tough to catch. The kraken belongs to the cephalopod genus. This species includes squid and octopus, some of the most intelligent creatures on the planet. The kraken is a skilled hunter and will never fight in the open. So what can you do? You can't track the kraken because it approaches from the depths, not the surface. Though you may be able to tell that the monster is somewhere nearby if a lot of fish surface. 
When the kraken swims, it scares all the fish in the vicinity. But it might already be too late. A huge tentacle emerges from the water, resembling a high tower. This tower falls on the deck of the ship, shattering it. The sailors scream and run. The kraken lands a second blow, and the vessel is almost capsized. Next, the kraken wraps its giant tentacles around the ship and pulls it to the bottom. Oh boy! What if the sailors managed to detach the ship from the tentacles of this monster? With the help of powerful weapons, the ship's crew strikes back. The kraken retreats under the water. It's hurt, angry. It seems the battle is over, but here comes the worst. A whirlpool forms beside the ship. Thanks to its considerable weight, when the kraken dives, it creates a whirlpool behind it. Like a drain in a giant bathtub, this whirlpool sucks the ship down. The battle with the kraken is lost. Well, that was unfortunate. You might be able to defeat the monster if you can anticipate its attack in advance. But the kraken can see you and your ship before you can see it. Colossal squids live in deep waters, and they have the largest eyes among all animals. The squid's eye is the size of a dinner plate. Thanks to this, they can see their prey from far away. Similarly, a kraken would spot the ship much sooner than sonar could pick up the kraken. It would always have the drop on you. Well, that's not good. Around the world, cargo transportation by ship is declining. Airlines provide the only safe connection between the continents. This will increase air pollution. The most successful enemy of the kraken is submarines. They travel at great depths and are equipped with powerful echolocators to help detect the kraken in advance. Subs are well-armed, too, and the round metal body is not so easy to destroy. A single kraken may be defeated by a submarine, but what if there are several sea monsters? Three kraken can wrap their tentacles around the submarine and drag it deeper into the water where the pressure will destroy their enemy. In other words, they'll have a crush on you. The existence of the Kraken will have dramatically changed the development of many countries. What if Christopher Columbus, on his famous journey, noticed an island that he thought was the New World? He approaches it, but tentacles emerge from the island and sink Columbus's ship. The colonization of North America is delayed, maybe until airplanes are invented. And the first crewed flight wasn't until the 20th century. There would be no Hollywood. There would be no hamburgers, no famous American music playing. There wouldn't be YouTube, which means you wouldn't be watching this video right now. Hmm. Worst of all, the internet wouldn't exist either. And all this because of one stupid monster squid. The Vikings wouldn't sail on their long ships to raid and settle foreign territories. The history of Norway, Sweden, Finland, and other Nordic countries would have changed drastically. Hey, maybe the Titanic wouldn't have hit an iceberg, but a giant sea monster instead. Though, it's unlikely that people would take trips on huge ocean liners in a world where the Kraken exists. Maybe, though, the Kraken isn't all that aggressive. Still, they need a lot of food, and because of the growing population of these monsters, there will be much less food in the ocean. Therefore, the Kraken will increasingly come to the surface for hunting. In the future, the Kraken will migrate closer to the shore. In many countries, people then are not allowed to swim in the ocean. Imagine floating on the waves and a monster the size of a skyscraper is swimming right below you. Relaxing at sea and on the beach will no longer be popular. 
In the past 30 years, scientists have made an incredible discovery of a new creature living deep beneath the surface of the ocean. And the name of the creature is the harp sponge. Now, if you're wondering why it took so long to come across this animal, then I might have the answer. These creatures typically hang out at a depth of roughly 11,100 feet beneath the ocean's waves. This sponge species was first discovered off the coast of California thanks to a robot that was sturdy enough to explore those crazy depths the ocean has to offer. This is no doubt an area of the planet where even the most benign-looking creatures can be potentially dangerous. But even scientists were surprised to find that this creature was more than just a sponge. Now, this might seem obvious, but the harp sponge got its name because its basic structure, referred to as a vein, is the same shape as a harp. Each vein is made up of a horizontal branch supporting several parallel vertical branches. But don't let the harp sponge's fanciful and amusing appearance or its non-intimidating name fool you. Yeah, the harp sponge is very much a deep-sea hunter. It has a unique ability to capture and envelop small animals using its rhizoids, short, thin fibers. With their help, the harp sponge clings onto the soft, muddy bottom and catches tiny creatures that get swept into its branches by deep-sea currents. Uh-oh. Other sponge creatures often feed by pulling bacteria and bits of organic matter from the seawater and filtering them through their bodies. But not our harp sponge. Mm-mm. Instead, it snatches its future meal with minuscule barbed hooks that cover each of the harp sponge's branches. Now, harp sponges prefer tiny crustaceans, like crabs, crayfish, shrimps, and prawns. Once the harp sponge has one of them in its clutches, it envelops the animal in a thin membrane before slowly beginning to digest it. So, pal, what's eating you? Oh, harpo? Too bad. Researchers believe that harp sponges use this method of feeding because there aren't enough nutrients that deep down. This makes traditional filter feeding less effective. Research has shown that the creature is still in the process of evolving. Early harp sponges researchers found only had two veins. But later, scientists discovered other harp sponges that had six veins. The harp sponge might have evolved this elaborate candle holder-like structure to increase its surface area. In general, harp sponges typically grow up to a length of one foot. But researchers have seen a creature that was two feet in length. The harp sponge is not only very unusual, but also beautiful to look at. See those tiny white balls on top of the branches? Now, why don't we look at some other creatures that live below the photic zone of Earth's oceans? The photic zone means the area beneath the ocean's surface that still receives some sunlight. Thanks to this, there are loads of different creatures and organisms living there. Any animal living beyond this layer qualifies as a deep-sea creature. The Tomopterus worm is a segmented worm you can find in the twilight zone of the ocean. This is the area that lies between 650 and 3,300 feet beneath the surface. These creatures are often no more than one inch long, but the largest of them can grow up to one foot. While swimming around and feeding, these worms do what researchers describe as an amazing smooth dance. That's because the creatures can swim extremely quickly and maneuver at tight angles with ease. Now, I know most people hear the word worm and think of the common earthworm. So it's quite interesting to know there's a deep-sea worm out there that never leaves the water during its entire life. Similarly, most of us try to avoid jellyfish that either rest on the sand or sit on top of the ocean waves. 
This isn't the case with a chrysoda jelly. That's a deep sea creature, too. This beautiful jellyfish is mostly ruby red, bright orange, or electric purple. That's what helped researchers realize they had found a new species of jellyfish. The creature grows to a maximum size of 1 inch across. It has tentacles that stretch out in every direction. Now, if you come close to this jellyfish, it'll pull all these tentacles in toward its body before rapidly swimming away to avoid danger. Yes, you are dangerous. The chrysoda jelly is extremely rare. You won't see it very often. You might need to borrow that deep-sea diving robot I mentioned earlier. That's it for today. So hey, if you pacified your curiosity, then give the video a like and share it with your friends. Or if you want more, just click on these videos and stay on the bright side.